Hello and welcome back to the PSA HQ podcast. Today's been one of those beautiful, balmy, warm summer days and I hope you're all enjoying a little bit more freedom, seeing friends and family, catching up. It's been really good to have some of the restrictions lifted that we all had to adhere to because of the pandemic. So I arranged a chat session for this podcast with a few people that I know. And as you know, I always want to make this about the things that matter to us, the things that are affecting us. And this can be in the grander scheme of things, or it can be what's happening right now. And what's happening right now is there's anxiety building up again. This is particularly affecting people who were shielding through the pandemic. And it's because of this new lifting of all restrictions. I'm just not sure people feel safe. Some people, having taken steps forward and come out of shielding, are now actually feeling like they want to stay safe, feeling like they want to stay where they are. There's a lot of confusion about what we should be doing. So when we got together to chat, we decided to make this podcast about how we're feeling right now because that's what matters and that's what this is about so have a listen in and hopefully what you'll realize is that through listening and understanding and hearing how we feel you'll realize that how you're feeling is kind of normal too and you're not alone with where your thoughts are going it's really nice to have everybody here today just so that everybody listening knows, we've got Andrew, we've got Pat, we've got Diane, and we've got Debbie. Say hi, everybody. Hi. hi. <laughs> um, today, we're going to do a catch-up about how we're all feeling since the great unshielding. Because um, I don't think I've we've really talked about this a lot on the podcast channel since we first talked about how we were feeling about shielding. So I thought it'd be nice to have a catch-up because I know... A lot of people have got mixed feelings about um, where it's all going and what it all means, especially after being um, so careful and, you know, so restricted for such a long time. So I just want to really ask how how people are feeling and, you know, what, what your thoughts are about the unchildren. And once all the restrictions are lifted, you know, what how you're feeling about that in terms of your own personal safety. So, um, Andrew, how are you feeling? Um, because it was, I was just thinking, 400, I did 409 days in total, like self-isolation with no one in the house and with my wife as well, obviously I didn't send her outside. Um, and it's, it's a growing concern. When I started, I felt, okay, when we get our vaccines, it'll, I'll just go back into society. And as it's gone on, and now we're way past 409 days, and I've really not shopped at all. And I've not been into a cafe or anything. I'm very reticent. All my sort of confidence or you know self-assurance has, has sort of evaporated. I'm much happier in my own garden. I mean, it's a, it's a very strange emotion. And and the practical things in life, like if, if we're going somewhere, can I stop to go to the loo? You know, how long can I? All this become huge issues. Um, even you know, I've got two daughters that you know they have popped, and we've seen them in the garden. One's a nurse, which makes it slightly more complicated, but she's been very good. But you're thinking, when does this end? 
Mm. What's the next? What is my next step? What should I do first to get my confidence back? And there's no guidelines. No. I mean, I I knew it all. I mean, shielding had to end. It couldn't go on forever. And you know, what's happened recently? Well, I got views on that. But you think, okay, so where should I go f- if if I'm going to go somewhere? Where do I go? I mean, all the things I've used to do have gone at the moment. They're just not there. I don't know which one to pick up. Yeah. Of the other, you know, Pat or Debbie or Guy Field, but that is a real worry for someone that was has been out with people all his life. Well, let's ask Di. How do you feel? Uh, well, um, I have been out. Um, a couple of times but I'm not comfortable around other people no Mm. um but one of my friends I feel more comfortable with her so I don't wear my mask with her but um I do feel uncomfortable when people are around me that haven't got masks on and you know I I feel that some of them are, are rather selfish because they're not thinking of others that going to supermarkets doesn't appeal to me one iota because I'm a bit on the short side. And even when everything was okay, people used to lean across me or over me to pick things up. And the thought of that happening to me is quite horrific Mm. in, in the situations at the moment. So, um, and I've, I've, is it like feeling like you, your space is going to be, too invaded is it yes yeah yeah I feel that too many people might be too close to me and I don't want that to happen and so I still feel quite vulnerable over it but I am sort of trying to go out and see people I don't feel quite as bad when I see my one of my friends and yesterday I thought I'm doing quite well because I've been to see her and Mm felt okay in her company Mm. so but when I've been out at other times which is only three times I've not felt comfortable Mm. being with other people and if they're sitting too close or some of them are sitting in the wrong seat because they've got crosses on but they still sit in them Mm. and nobody moves them Mm. and I I just feel that no I'm not quite I'm not quite ready to mingle quite and and the same as Andrew I'm I've meant to do long uh, you know a long distance drive and like you I'm thinking I don't want to stop anywhere (laughs) I want to do it in one go and I want to take my 93 year old mother with me and will she be able to do that and that bothers her and she said she'd rather not go Mm. so I'm getting it from both me and my my mum really Mm. so it's the same sort of feelings isn't it it's that kind of safe in your own space but you're nervous about going out yes what about you Pat what are you feeling at the moment um last night when I was listening to the news I had a real feeling of panic very much like I had at the beginning of uh, I suppose the first lockdown and just felt I didn't want to go out anywhere because I was going to be probably more at risk at the moment than at other times um, for a long time but you know I was chatting to my husband and he, he was saying well you've you know 
you can't stay locked in a room forever. So when are you going to come out? But I just feel that if, if they carried on with the mask wearing, et cetera, until maybe the middle of September when more people were vaccinated um, and the younger people were vaccinated, I think I'd have felt a bit safer. But all this about, you know, the peak in the middle of August and the number of cases, and it's not knowing um, how much immunity I have in spite of, you know, I've had two vaccinations, but I know that my immune system probably hasn't coped with that in the same way that other people's. And I thought, if only I could have a test and I was sort of told, right, you've got a really high level of immunity, then I wouldn't be panicking. Um, and if I knew I had a really low level, then in that case, I could quite happily stay inside because I had started doing things. I had started going out more. I had started, we'd started having the grandchildren again. Um, and I was meeting with friends, but of course, other than the grandchildren and our own children, all the people who's meeting with are of a similar age to us. So they'd all been double vaccinated mm. as well. So I felt a bit safer um, with them until just recently, a close friend of ours um, tested positive for COVID and he wasn't particularly ill with it, but he got it from his grandchildren. Yeah. And that suddenly panicked me a bit because on a Wednesday um, we have our two of the grandchildren after school and they're tired and they cuddle up and you know all of those things so I sort of I put that to one side because seeing them means a lot to me so I thought right you just have to deal with that one but the sort of the high numbers in August I, I just feel I'm going to stop doing the things that I have been doing mm. until this all mm. passes. So I've been really careful. I was meeting, I, I mean, I have met friends inside and I have had meals inside in places where I felt safe. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm worried now. Yeah. Sounds like you feel under threat again and that in a way you, you've got so used to shielding you'd quite easily just stay in that protective bubble again or you could easily slip back into that protected way of life because of the anxiety and at the thought of going out again and then contracting it even like you said the steps that you've made forward you've you've you're kind of taking back mm. yeah I mean yesterday I had to go to Gloucester hospital for a scan and numbers in Gloucester like Bristol and places mm. are really high mm. and I had had some face-to-face -face appointments in the last month or so where I didn't feel quite so vulnerable but yesterday I really did I sort of had to psych myself to go in and I was thinking you know I have obviously have a mask on but we'll try to put my gloves on as well yeah. and and, you know, and have they wiped everything down yeah. and the seat that I sat on in the waiting area was cloth and not sort of plasticky and I said well how do they clean this in between people yeah. and it was knowing that but knowing that they're, they're above the national average in Gloucester it panicked me and yeah. I couldn't wait to get out it's understandable really yeah it's the, the, the whole hos the hospital thing is mm. is massive isn't it I mean yeah. if you've got whereas it, I mean I've always felt the hospital to be a very safe place to go in the sense I you know looking after me 
and, and I had a, an orthopedics appointment and I was t really, really quite you know, scared and, and thinking and everything, don't touch anything, you know, yeah. doors, you know, trying to find an automatic door and all this sort of thing. And you, you end up your the natural confidence, the uncertainty about other people mm -hmm. all comes back to bite you. Definitely sounds like that's happening. What about you, Debbie? Well, I'm listening to what you're all saying and an awful lot of that is resonating with me as well. I'm like Andrew, I wasn't totally told to shield inside. I mean, we were going for walks and we were having people when we were allowed to in the garden. But I've been into the village shop three times since 18 months ago and no other shops at all. I've only been in recently inside one daughter's house. We haven't been inside anybody else's house. We've not hugged the grandchildren at all, uh, which I really miss. Um, but I think all through, I was just always guided by the fact, do I actually need to do something? Mm -hmm. And usually I, I was telling myself, you know, if I don't have to do it, I didn't do it. And that mindset is really hard to get out of because when you pare everything down, there is so much you don't actually have to do. Um, and I've got myself used to that. If I don't have to do it, why take the risk? But yeah. you talking about the hospitals, of course, I've, I did have that sort of helped in a way. If you, if you think that I, I was going through a very scary time with a diagnosis and that sort of overrid all my fears of the COVID, I have to say, so that when I was having surgery and examinations and scans and you name it, over the last few months. Um, I've not really thought too much about COVID. Obviously, you go into the waiting rooms, yes, and every other chair is either not there or crosses on it or cards on it. Um, fortunately, the chairs that are all plastic, Pat, and you see them going around, <laughs> wiping them all down. Yes. Um, but I suppose rather than be worried about it, I was more worried about what they were doing to me and what, mm. what I was going through. So, so you had a, a kind of a, a fear that overrid that fear in a I way. I did, yes, yeah. I did. So I did worry at the beginning. I thought, how am I going to feel going into hospital and having <laughs> masks off and everything? Um, but, you know, we all have to... I had a COVID test yesterday before my treatment on Friday. So, you know, when we're going, when you're going in or for any treatment, you have the COVID test. So, you know, your people around you are, mm -hmm. are being tested and obviously the staff. So that hasn't worried me as much as I thought it might do. But mm -hmm. I think as far as um, feeling secure and safe, when I, I, I feel almost I feel I've missed the boat because I could have been going out with masks. And while it's a bit safer, I think once once people are allowed to dispense with all that i mean it, during covid everybody was being very most people were being very considerate to everybody around them there was this feeling that we're all in it together and people looking out for other people i do worry that once the the, the shackles are off everybody will forget about that and just mm. get on with their own lives and forget that there are people like us out there who are still vulnerable Mm. And we should be given space. Um, and it did occur to me, my husband said to me the other day, don't just moan, do something about it. So I have written to the Minister of Health, emailed them, and the vaccine chap who was talking about it the other day, and to our MP, just saying, please, 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 when you're looking to how we're all moving forward, consider people like us on chemo, autoimmune diseases, whatever, 
that we will still obviously be wearing our masks, but perhaps people, the general public, could be reminded that if someone is wearing a mask, could you know they should be given space and consideration because mm. the chances are, well, not everybody will, but the chances are a lot of those people will be vulnerable and will need to keep their distance. That's, um, that's a really good point. I mean, that whole thing about whether or not, in addition to our trying to create our own sense of space like Di was saying you know she doesn't want people around her and mm-hmm. um you know and then Pat was saying she'd like to know a level of immunity but that whole thing about trusting other people to give yeah. us that respect yeah. is a really good point and I think that sounds like the confidence isn't there that we're going to get that it's not being sure when you do want to go somewhere how the place you want to go to, the restaurant, the pub, the shop, um, the theatre, whatever, um, Mm. how they will be enforcing or keeping people safe in that environment. Mm. And without that certainty and that security, I don't think I want to go. Mm. And that's what I'm hearing in everybody's voice here today. I'm hearing this reluctance to, you know, to want to fully participate again and to, to sort of stay safe. And the, the news is mixed, isn't it? We get one minute we're being told that it's good because although the numbers are high, the hospitalizations and deaths are low, then we're being told, but it's going to come to flu season and all the numbers are going to rise. So I don't think you do know where you stand with it. Andrew, what do you oh, I was waving, Debbie, no, Pat was waving her hand. Mm. Yeah, go on, Pat, go on then. Well, I was just, it, it was in, uh, at some point in the past during the pandemic, and I, I saw it was a picture in a magazine and it was a woman and a husband who had gone out walking and she had actually made a sign which she had got on her front and her back um, saying, please keep your distance. I'm vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, and that was the way, you know, she had got round going out, but we shouldn't need to do that. Um yeah, it's quite extreme, isn't it? So it feels, yeah, it is yeah. extreme. But that, that I, was sort of back yeah. at the beginning. And what Debbie was just it on or something. Yeah. I wondered Debbie, about a little badge or something, but people won't yeah. see that. Yeah, what Debbie was saying about, you know, going to restaurants or whatever, we have next Friday, we are going to a restaurant as a treat, which I had to book several months ago before we knew all these dates it's a very small place so there won't be many people there the um, wife of the owner who's sort of front of house is a microbiologist so you know it should be reasonably safe (laughs) but I I feel I want to ring them beforehand and say are you just abandoning all, all these you know precautions because if they are I'm not sure I want to go I I don't think they will be but I was somewhere yesterday, I mean, in fact, it was in the hospital and I was looking at all the, the blobs on the floor and the arrows pointing, you know, this way, keep you. And I thought, will, they, will those all be t- taken up and disappear? Or Do you think they will or do you think they'll just stay down ready for the next bit that we... Because I don't know whether... I will, I will tell you, I will tell you. Go on then. <laughs> no, when I've been, oh, when, when I go, oh, I, mean, right. I should be going backwards and forwards now for the next sort of... I thought you meant you were going to tell me now. Sorry. No, no, no. I will tell you after Monday. Um, well, no, I, I, I'm going Friday, but, you know, I shall be going backwards and forwards to the hospital for a few weeks yet, and I'll be able to tell you. 
the, the, everything's been said about it's the perception of safety, isn't it? I mean, because we've done what we've done, like my shielded until I had to shield and then I kept in self-isolation, you, you build up this sort of perception of the danger. And I've been, I've been working with a researcher um, who's also had to shield. She's got she's got a, a condition and she's and she lives in South Wales. And, and one of her comments was that she's almost determined not to catch it, having spent such a long time. And that was the one thing, but she, she, we were chatting through Zoom again, and it was this getting even close friends who have a different perception because they're not shielding, they're not vulnerable, and they've, they've shopped carefully, but they see the whole process differently to us. I mean, as a group, I'm, I'm sure we share huge commonality, but they, they don't quite understand that I'm very reticent now. I mean, I'm, I'm really quite an outgoing guy. I mean, I was a, a school teacher for goodness knows how many years, and therefore I dealt with people all my life. And now I'm quite happy if they keep their distance. And if you were, as you were saying, Pat, that this whole thing about other people, we, we've done most of our observations from the safety of the car, but it's amazing to see how many people don't really care. It's, and it's not just here, because I've got friends in, you know, Cainsham and Salford and my daughter, Elder Stalker, lives in, in the Cotswolds. And she said, it's, you know, going through Sarancester, all of a sudden you'll see a Blase, and it's you know it'd be wrong to say it's this sort of person or that sort, of, but they're there. There's a, there's a body of people who just don't think it matters, mm -hmm. and the trouble is fine, but it matters for us particularly, and that's what then you, you know, my perception of fear grows, thinking how do I avoid these people? I don't know who they are. Um, I'm, I mean, going to a restaurant, I've not eaten out, or even even a takeaway coffee in the last how many months is it now? Is it March 16th or something like that? Or oh, 2020? We'll see. Mm. Mm. Deb? No, I was just saying, what, following from what Andrew was saying, do you find, I mean, even from the very beginning of COVID, my husband said, you don't need to leave that much gap between you and who you're going past. But I'd, I'd make such a, I'd almost cross the road to go oh, around yeah. the company. Yeah. Um, but now it's almost, you know, you have all the time you're walking on a pavement, you know, you're planning, well, which side shall I go? And is it safe to go in the road if I've got to go in the road? You know, you're, you're, you're sort of thinking process and working out where you're going to walk. So do, do I remember rightly, we had this talk and this was right back in the early days on one of our peer support group chats about, um, there was a thing about you know, if you were out dog walking, when when you're only not supposed to go outside very much and being in the downstream of somebody jogging or something and worrying yeah, about whether yeah. or not their breath was going to get on, you know, mm -hmm. they, these things, they, I think they sort of stay in your mind and they, mm. they're really still triggered quite easily, aren't they, by yeah. everything that's going on. Do you not think as well that because of our conditions and the impact it has on our lives, we spend our days planning ahead and what ifs yeah. anyway, that going anywhere or doing anything requires quite a bit of yeah. thought and planning and, you know, all that. What if I make an arrangement to do something and I can't actually manage it that day? You know, all that. But we do have all these little planning steps in our head just for very simple things that are going on day to day so do you think so, these other things have, have just kind of overloaded us you know there's a level of planning and it almost becomes i think it's the way our bre our minds work you know what debbie was saying about going round people and how much space i've got it's just an extension of 
the sorts of thought process we're, yeah. we're having all the time anyway. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was mm. thinking about Diane as well, because Diane, you, when you were talking, you were talking about, you know, you feel protective towards your mum as well. So it's not just mm. you, you're trying to manage your mum's vulnerabilities as well if you're out together, and that must be quite stressful. Um, yes, it is, because I, I, if I wanted to go out, I have to think, am I going to be with anybody that could possibly hand it to me? And because I'm part carer for it as well, I have to sort of think of both of us. So I, I've, right at the beginning, I really feared anybody coming near me because if I got it and passed it on to my mother, she would never have survived it. And that was sort of very, um, you know, in the front of my mind all of the time that I've not only got to think of myself, but for of my mother's vulnerability. Mm. So, and if I'd taken somebody in the car, whether they were in masks and I knew that they were isolated themselves, so I knew they'd be true, I would still just sort of clean the inside of the seats and, you know, put, put my um, antibacterial stuff all over the seats before anybody else would, like like my mum would sit in the car if I was taking her to the doctors. And I still feel that responsibility that, okay, we're both, we're both jabbed. Mm. But, and I, I also feel that because I've had, um, a member of my family pass away from COVID, it makes me feel more vulnerable and more determined not to be around people that could possibly have it. Mm. So is it a given then that everybody, you know, regardless of what what the government say in terms of restrictions and less restrictions or no restrictions, we're not really still quite sure, I don't think. <laughs> is it a given that you will all still wear masks in supermarkets in crowded places yeah yes well, not going to go to the supermarket i mean no. luckily i'm you know i'm quite illiterate we've had deliveries now mm. almost from the beginning and everything if it doesn't i mean if it doesn't come by you know post and then it goes into the porch for two days and you know sprayed and all that sort of stuff i mean it's it's but if i'm going out that's the first thing that goes in my pocket now mm. i mean i was where i mean i'm sure the others were as well i was wary before this because you know you, you know reduced immunity and all these sorts of things you know avoid things like anyone with a cough or cold chest infections because otherwise you know i'd be out of it so now that's just exponential isn't it the whole fear of the thing has gone become much bigger in my mind that it's i mean i was saying to you know hugging gone you know and the, the saddest thing is someone mentioned their some of the grandchildren i think it was is it pat mm -hmm. I mean, my eldest daughter is expecting in november and i'm you know it's one of those desperate things how can i not you know but i may not be able to mm. because it's yeah. i mean i i mean that is just a real worry mm. and this is months and months away because it's not going anywhere and we've got the flu season as you said the flu season coming mm. um I didn't ever expect to feel like this, you know, mm. after got, getting used to my own condition, you know, mm. into that now, know where I am. Thank you very much. But this is a big game. And I, so I'm much, not... so much going on and bubbling underneath all of our, we're all trying to process what we're going to do and how we're going to stay safe. And what, what do we need? What do we need to make us feel safe? 
you know, that's the, got to be the question that's going forward. And, and Pat mentioned that she'd like to know her levels of immunity and that might give her a level of confidence. You know, what else do we need? Guidance? Do we need, who needs to tell us? I don't think, it, I mean, I don't, you must have received the letters reshielding, I imagine, you know, the, the emails that came. And the last one after, you know, this is going to finish, there was guidance in the, you know, bank, you know, continue to see people in your garden. No one's been in our house, um, you know, it's because we meet in the garden and we've, we've, that's worked really well. But it's, how long can you sustain it? Mm. I'm not sure, I'm not sure anyone tells me now. I mean, if, if, if someone from the health authority said, you're, you know, you're 89%, you know, immunity, great. What about the other eleven? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's you know, I just almost think it's an answer question. This slow process of, I mean, a friend of mine um, said to me, "Are you, is it about learning to live with it in your own mind?" And I don't know how long that's going to take, but I must admit that's where I see it coming. That I will slowly but surely, like I do with the flu or whatever it might be, just learn to live with it. Whether I'll do things I've done before. I mean, concerts, musical concerts, I'm a musician by trade. I've got no wish to go back to. Um, I've, I've, there are all sorts of things. I, I won't shop in a supermarket if I can help it. Sorry, die. go on. I said me either. I don't want to shop in a, a supermarket either. No? Um, no. And I, I feel that now I've got my... I'm quite comfortable shopping with two particular shops. I don't really need to go in to a supermarket to see it it wasn't something I particularly enjoyed doing in the first place and now I can just say you know yep come in and the petrol it saved me is amazing <laughs> because <laughs> one of the shops deliver for free if you spend over 35 pound and the other shop only charges me a pound for delivery mm. so I feel sort of why why am I going to go to a shop, put myself in at risk? Um, and you know, when I wipe everything down when it comes and make sure it's fine, I I, I just don't feel like I need to go into a supermarket, but other places, you know, like garden centers, I will still wear my mask regardless, and I will still gel myself up to the elbows. Do you do you still wipe you know? everything down when you get a delivery die? I spray everything first when I when it comes. I spray the bags and when things are. But yeah, I, I still wipe wipe things down or wash them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's just do what you feel comfortable with, isn't it? And I think that's probably the thing. Is right now we're all trying to decide what yeah. I, you know, what do I feel comfortable with? And I mean, going outdoors, Pat. I was just going to say that it's what going to the supermarket is not ever in the past something I've enjoyed. It's something I've needed doing, but I'm desperate to go back to the supermarket and I have been a few times. And I think it's about choice because my husband has continued because he wanted to go out. So he has continued to do the shopping. And I just want to have that choice back of picking what I want off the shelves and not having whatever and, you know, and things that are put on the list and then I'm told they're not there and I think, I'm sure they are, you just didn't look properly, <laughs> you know. So 
I don't know. I, I'd say it's not one of my favourite places, but I have been in a couple of times, not for a big shop, just to pick up a few things. Mm. Um, but I do feel that having made some sort of, go, you know, started going out and doing things, like I did go into a supermarket and I have been into um, a, a pub to eat or a drink, have a drink, it becomes more normal that some of that fear that I had about doing it once I've actually done it it just seems sort of quite normal and okay um just like it used to be mm. but it it's what's happening right at this moment has set me right back yeah um, to where I was I um, like it Deb sorry you were going to say something oh, um yes it was really when Diane was talking um, and saying, I think this demonstrates exactly what we've been doing, all of us, probably even subconsciously, telling ourselves if we didn't have to do something, um, you know, we didn't do it. And this is the mindset, as I say, I don't know whether I shall ever be doing things, you know, you do things, as Pat said, that you really want to do. You know, you, you, you take a chance or, you, you know, you know, you're going to take a chance with things you want to do. But other things, if you don't have to do them, our mindsets have been changed. Mm. And in the same way that the same way some people who now find working at home is much nicer than going into the office. I think people's lifestyles have changed mm. in so many ways. In the same way, our mindsets have changed in that if we don't have to do something, you know, our priorities, we, we prioritise what we need to do. And if it's not top priority, we think, well, is it worth it? It's a really good question because I was thinking while you were talking and, and earlier and I was thinking, has all of this changed some of our behaviour? Mm. Good. I mean, mm. you know, mm. next, well year, do. Say, next year, if, you know, the pandemic's kind of gone away, uh, you know, we've all been vaccinated and it's it's all settled down. There's still some changes that have happened to us that we're going to carry on with. Yeah. Very well, likely. I, I think you really, I think part of the point, I mean, she, Pat's been really brave. I mean, she's eaten out in a pub. My goodness me. I, I, <laughs> and I survived. Not, I am not worthy. Well, that's the point, isn't it? I think that's the point. It's that that step. I've not eaten out. But what it has changed us, I mean, it's things like I'm, 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 I'm I think I'm a bit like Di. I'm, I'm a, I, gardening is my thing. I mean, it's, but I mean, I would, if my wife brought a biscuit out to me, I wouldn't go and wash my hands. I'd just eat the biscuit. It's not a problem, you know. Now, I mean, if I, don't, I wear gloves and I wash my hands and it's this cycle of everything is clean. Everything is much cleaner than it was. And if it's not sprayed, it's got to be sprayed again. And, and I, I wonder how long that's going to last. And then whether my any immunity I had, which you build up naturally during your life, don't we? Because, you know, doing things, how much of that is being eroded away? And, I mean, I would have no medical evidence on this. You, it's just there. Oh, the barking is my, that's the other thing that's changed. I've got a 13 and a half week old puppy downstairs that's, um, because that and that some of that is because I thought if we don't we, you know we lost our dog I, mean, I was talking about we lost our dog during lockdown in last October and we decided we couldn't you know we needed the dog again it's just not you know our house isn't complete so and part of the wish is that you know we've now got to go out and walk from Friday because <laughs> we're allowed out on Friday and it's even though I'm going to keep away from people is it the first step um, some things I've just let go completely but being out in the in in the countryside or you know and, and walking around where my daughter lives in, in the Cotswolds 
and you're thinking what's what's going to make me do it and you know betty will your dog will you wear a mask when you go out oh well it all depends where i am if 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 big open spaces in a way that i don't wear i have one with me um but if i'm going into a group of people then i'll, I'll put it straight on um what i can't cope with is the people that have it under their chin <laughs> so I don't, you know, I just think either wear it or don't wear it, you know, don't, you know, or put it over their mouth and leave their nose out. Yeah. Like the school teacher in me wants to go up and tell them off. <laughs> um, We've got an exaggerated sense of anxiety about all of this because of yeah. all of the shielding and, and you know, the vulnerabilities that come with being autoimmune and that, you know, as a, a kind of a, a section of society, we're just suffering a kind of a PTSD type thing, or? Mm, I, th I think it is PTSD. Mm. I think it's, I mean, I don't know, I mean, how, my, you know, my colleagues, it's been very traumatic at times. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the thing has peaked and troughed and peaked and troughed. And as I said, my youngest daughter is a, is a nurse. She's, she's did time in the first wave on the wards, um, out of her own job into, into COVID wards. And having that, you know, over the phone, describing what was going on and this is you end up thinking oh <laughs> no yeah. I, I don't like this very much um, it'd be interesting to hear wouldn't it what you know like clinical psychologists make of it because obviously i'm not a psychologist yeah. and I, you know i don't fully understand ptsd but it just feels no. like that huge anxiety weight that just hasn't lifted and that might take time and for some people it might actually be a struggle to, to ever fully come back out of that to whatever was normal before it's a shock isn't it it's that shock and all thing again that we had mm. you know, diagnosis that everybody talks about it's that life changed forever yes yeah but i think it's just us that's got anxieties because i've heard other people who don't have these conditions not be keen on the idea of say going to the cinema because they know that mm. if they then pick up covid it means they can't go to work you know and they've got that whole cycle of uh mm. having to isolate and then potentially infecting family members and and so on so you know it, it's a different level it's a different level of of consciousness and anxiety but it's not you know ours is obviously heightened I've, i'm going to be shielding and have i mean i'm shielding at the moment for these features so every three weeks i'm having to shield for a week you know three days so this is going to go on and I feel well, by the time I come out of all, all my own personal health issues, I think hopefully the world, you all will be doing things very confidently and having to advise me as to how I come out of it because I'll be behind everybody else. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 we won't have people in the house and it'll just be in the garden and things for many weeks to come. So I shall be asking for advice from all of you as to how I bring myself out of it come October. <laughs> yeah, I think and I think that's one of the things about the peer support. And that's what I find is such a valuable thing is because we've all kept each other going throughout the lockdown and we're still keeping each other going through the other side of it. And And we've been doing that for a long time anyway because of all of our conditions. But obviously the conversation gets a bit dominated by what's affecting us and you know stress is a trigger isn't it for, for all of our conditions as well yeah. good. we have had the odd conversation about chocolate cake though mel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> andrew's, andrew's very curious about how many of, how many of you have i mean i've avoided the news i last listened yeah. and read the news as in anything to do with covid or any of that 
last April, not this April gone, April 2020, quite deliberately. Um, yeah, it's a race stop. to turn off the radio. And it's, and it's, it, I mean, my wife feeds me things I ought to know, or I've had things from, from you know, the, the, the shielding group that sends you food by email. I found that really relaxing because I'm not constantly barraged with the next step over and over and over and over again. But it's very political. I mean, I've just avoided all the political bit. Has anyone else done that? Or have they watched? Yeah, me too. Mm. Me too. Yeah. I, I mean, I was just so overly anxious at the beginning of the first lockdown. It really, I, I was trembling. I, I really thought everything was going to stop. You know, I just didn't know where we were all going to go. And I realised I wasn't sleeping. I'd, I'd not been able to sleep properly. And I realised having a, an, an evening news on, we just stopped that. And we got mm. out of the habit of watching it. Occasionally, mm. we'll say, well, just let's see what the headlines are. But this going over and over and pictures of wards and corridors being piled up with stretchers. And oh. I, I mean, the, I, the news was important and we needed to know what, what we needed to do. And like you said, you know, trying to find out what are, what the um, requirements were. So having talked about all these anxieties that we've got, and I think hopefully anyone listening is, is going to resonate with that and know that they're not alone with it, I think we should all come back together another time and have a talk about what we're doing and mm-hmm. what else we've discovered. Do we do that? We need yeah. positivity, Mel. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much to all the people who took part today in this podcast chat. I think it's really important that we share these kinds of things, we share our anxieties, and I'm pretty sure we'll be doing a part two relating to this, as in what we've actually done when all the restrictions are lifted, how we've kept ourselves feeling safe. Don't forget, you can be part of the conversation too. You may not want to do the actual podcast, but you can make the suggestions. You can tell me what's important to you and we can tell you how we're feeling. It's all about connection, isn't it? Connection really matters. All the contact details are in the show notes and you can search for PSAHQ on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And once again, thank you to BritPact for sponsoring this episode of the PSA HQ podcast. Thank <music> you.